Welcome to another special Care Home Management Magazine podcast. Uh, today, delighted to welcome two executives from Call Care, uh, Managing Director Fiona Hale and Sales Manager Ian Corrigan. Uh, thank you both for coming on. Uh, today, we're going to talk a lot about how care homes and carers can do different things to ride the cost of living crisis, I suppose. We're going to look at pay practices and rostering and how you can find other efficiencies. So Fiona, maybe we could start by just giving a bit of an overview of who Call Care are and how you work with the care home sector. Call Care are a provider of care home administration software. And so our software is designed to help care homes to run more easily, more efficiently and more profitably. Uh, and our functionality covers everything from your workforce management, so time and attendance, rostering, HR records, through to the the resident journey from initial inquiry live on the system into invoicing and, and managing those occupancy levels. Fiona, what are your clients are telling you at the moment and how are you helping them? Oh, it's, I mean, the impact on care and cost of living crisis, it, it's, it's really multifaceted. I mean, you've got it right at the cold face, so how it's actually affecting the care workers. You know, like all of us, they're feeling that pinch. They're having to find ways of increasing income to to cover the increasing costs that they've got at home. That does mean that they're considering their employment. You know, do they need to earn more? Are they in the right profession? Is this something that they can maintain? Can they get the hours that they need in order to, to pay the bills at the end of the month? There's that pressure point and that's affecting then care operators directly in considerations of staffing. How do you keep staff? How do you recruit staff in this difficult market? And also, you know, businesses are in some ways more affected by cost of living than than, than we are. You know, the cost of utilities is, is a huge impact on care homes. Costs are going up and that is just not being matched by local authority fee levels. Care homes have got to find a way of increasing their income, making sure that their beds stay full. Are they charging enough? And wherever they can, releasing some value elsewhere back into the business. When we talk about finding that value, Ian, what what sort of things can people do? Well, there's quite a few different areas that the business can kind of look at. So, for example, is the use of agency. Um, we all know that organisations need to use agency and we all know that those care homes would rather not. Is it possible to reduce that down? And if you consider that the agency premiums are anything from 0.2 to point, well, actually double, so usually sort of averaging around about 0.4 on top, so 1.4, um, you know, 140% of a normal wage, um, up to 200% to even more if it's nursing. Looking to try and reduce down that agency usage as much as practically possible is a is a great start very easy to say but the reality that we know that being able to quickly identify who can cover shifts asking those individuals to cover shifts and having one of your own people pick it up not only is it better for for the level of care because a stranger's not coming in but also you're not necessarily paying the premium and if you are paying a premium you're paying it to your own people right so you're talking there is is um you know, that sort of workforce management, isn't it? And having a closer, maybe a different relationship with your um, permanent uh, employees. I mean, is that something you're seeing happening more now? And, and Very the- much so. Yeah, very much yeah. so. And I think also the, the opportunity to allow staff to, if you have a small care home group, to have more than one home, 
So you have three homes. Um, encouraging staff to go to different locations and work is a, is a really good um, way in which you can kind of avoid having to pull in agency staff. You're mm-hmm. keeping your back, your own staff and maybe perhaps some of your bank staff engaged. Um, they're getting the money that they need, so they're not necessarily looking elsewhere um, to, you know, to find a new employment or to split their time between you and another employer. But also you are hopefully reducing the amount of higher premium rate agency and having a way which you could administrate that easily. Because sometimes you might say, oh, if you'll go to a different home, I'll pay you more money. Um, making that an easy thing to do makes the whole process easier. And I think that's where um, systems such as ourselves step in and, and make that seamless rather than it's like, oh, it's quite a hassle. Actually, I'll just use agency. It's like, actually, the, the, there is big advantages if it's not going to be adding a lot of extra work. Yeah, I mean, Fiona, I mean, I know you've done some internal research about how, on different things and, and looking at monthly fluctuations, don't they, in staff needs and, and finances, which I suppose a lot of people might not always consider how that might be a way to you know save money in some months or, or whatever it might be how does that play a part here in terms of i go again it's that workforce management isn't it but being managing those finances reducing agency workers and looking at it on a month by month basis yeah and so i think this is where if you can start to help resolve the cost of living or at least ease the burden of the cost of living crisis for your employees as a care operator so for your care workers even for your your head office and your admin staff then you're going to start to help your own increasing cost burden because as Ian says you can start reducing your agency fees etc and I think for care staff that's looking at okay well they're going to reach pressure points at different parts of the month in a way that they didn't before perhaps they could wait until the end of the the pay cycle to to get their wage but now if their bills are coming out in the middle of the month and it's not aligned to the pay cycle they're now higher they haven't got that bit of buffer that they once had to, to kind of wait for their their paycheck so what can I do to enable them to to draw down on the salary a little bit earlier how can I be flexible with that um there's other things as well that that we're seeing people do more and more and that's thinking about yes giving flexibility to enable people to pick up extra shifts to work in different homes as Ian's mentioned but I think there's also a, a trend starting to happen of actually giving people a little bit more certainty about what they're going to work, about using things like their 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 rostering system to mm. show people in advance how many hours are you going to get next month and when are you going to work so they can plan accordingly. Um, and I think it's something I've been speaking to with actually interesting a number of women in business um, uh, who've got children and we've been talking about flexible rostering and this the, the, there was a few months ago I think a really big trend towards okay just let people do ad hoc shifts pick whatever they like because it was seen as oh well we can drop people in and that will help with covering shifts. I think what the cost of living crisis has really shown is is the importance of planning and that for those that have got childcare responsibilities in particular, that can actually be quite prohibitive. If you don't know where your shifts are going to come from, you don't know whether or not you're going to be able to get childcare cover, then that's not necessarily a piece of employment that you can stay in because you, you just don't know whether you're going to get the hours you need, whether you're going to then be able to pay those bills. I think yeah. it's having that structure in place so that people can see and plan, but then being able to adapt to what's happening in months. And so that's giving people foresight, and this is where the tech comes in, as early as possible of what their 
planned shifts are. So, for example, with a system like CoolCare, the staff can get that straight on their phone. They've got a calendar of what their shifts are. They can look as far in the future as you've got the rotors planned. That's great. So they can see that. They can also then see any shifts that are available that haven't got cover and they can offer to cover those. It means that in month, if they need to make tweaks, they can do that. They can see what the impact is. And then you as an operator can reach out to other members of staff really quickly to get cover as you need it. But you've got the bulk of it covered. Um, You have a system that's going to perhaps tell you how well you have been planning. So this is what you previously planned that you wanted to do, but then what actually happened in reality? How close were you to that? You know, I was I was twenty five percent off. Um, if you know that you've got that information to hand, then you can kind of say, All right, okay, with the assumptions that we made like last month, twenty five percent off. What else can we do to try and improve that that probability of it being closer to what we actually wanted to do? So you can plan better. I think from an employee perspective, you've got a surety of when you're working and what you will earn. That's really important because if you're struggling to make ends meet and you need there's something, uh, an ad hoc bill's popped up, something to do with your car, with, you know, an MOT. People, I still dread MOT day. Um, you know, they're going to come up with things. And, you know, do you have that money available to cover that? Mm. Well, there's a couple of options. One, um, I've got the MOT thing coming up. I now have a normal shift pattern. Uh, I, I work well and that's all great, but I'm going to pick up extra shifts. I don't have to go cap in hand to a manager. I can kind of just select on a system saying I'm, I'm, I'm volunteering if you've got them available. The manager does not have to give them to me. But if they do give me to them to me, then that's great. I think also through technology, um, we use a, an early pay, a sort of um, earned wage access uh, within our system that allows staff to access money they've earned so far this month. And we know anecdotally from speaking with customers that, that staff are willing to pick up extra shifts if they could get the money a bit earlier. These shift changes are happening and they happen a lot. And I think it's kind of quantifying um, for care homes just actually how much this occurs on an on an average roster. And we, we, we did some research and we looked at how many shift requests the average home is sending out a month. And this is predominantly care homes using cool care that have got that have got shift patterns in it, but they're doing on average 169 shift cover requests per month, mm-hmm. straight out of the software, um, and and they're filling those shifts. Cool care users have very low agency usage on mm-hmm. average, but I think what that that shows you is that there is a a need for for this level of interaction with staff mid month, and given that it needs to happen, how can you make it quicker? How can you make it easier for the staff? Because Otherwise, it's just not going to happen. 169 shift requests every month is a lot. It, mm. It's a lot of communication back and forth for an administrator in a care home. And if you compare, say, sending something straight out of a piece of technology, which is fairly instant, instant for the staff member receiving it, they can interact straight on it, compared to, say, calling somebody up, chasing them. I mean, you're saving, we, we calculated around 11 hours of admin time alone. And that's for the care home, not not the the staff member. I, I, on just on the back of that, I remember when I, I caught up with a customer who had sold to and, and I spoke to the lady who'd, she's a home manager. She said, Ian, I've not phoned anybody since I've got cool care, not phoned anybody for six weeks. And I said, oh, that, that's nice. That's, that's cool. Didn't really understand what she meant. Um, she said, no, seriously, I've not had to ring anybody for six weeks. I was spending at least two hours a day mm-hmm. ringing around. I don't do that anymore. It's like, oh, well, and then I, I joked, I was like, oh, she got 
two hours extra lunch then and she's like got to be kidding <laughs> but but it's just freeing up that time and what yeah. would you do with that time as a manager you'd spend that time with your staff and mm. and one of the things we know from industry data is that the number one reason that people leave a company is their manager the relationship they have with their manager second up is location third up is pay so if you're if you've got no time to spend any time with your staff then you can't really be too surprised that people become unhappy because you didn't even notice. Mm-hmm. I yeah. think that's it. Just it's what it does for you, not necessarily. Yeah. Actually, that, that's Sorry. the point: is that those mm-hmm. those staff members want those shifts. You're getting them covered, and you're you're doing it with with ease. But two hours a day calling around your staff, you probably most homes don't have the time to do it. Or there's certainly going to be pinch points in the month from a compliance perspective where there's reports being done or things going on in the home. Well, you're not going to go re- get round to that. And so you've got what I consider two evils there because your staff want the hours and they can't get it because you're not able to communicate with them easily. And then you end up having to to, to bring agency in because you've got to work safely. So actually, if you can resolve that issue and improve that communication with, between the home and the staff, make that quicker and easier, you help the staff member because they get what they want and need at the moment which is the shift the time the the pay certainty mm. and you also reduce the burden of of agency yeah it's interesting isn't it when we talk about efficiencies it is time and money isn't it and and, and then time leads to as you said Ian and Fiona better communications that people feel everyone understands the pressures they're under at the moment I mean when it comes to um, admin really and on the cost side bearing in mind we are focusing a lot more here today on the on the cost of living how can this sort of technology help to save money I kind of say to people look if we're not saving you like three to four times the cost of our system then we're doing something wrong and that is that's super conservative that's just time admin time and the manager's admin time and 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 finance admin time converted into into pounds and pence that doesn't doesn't include improving your overall inquiry levels um being able to create an inquiry pipeline and potentially um selecting perhaps uh, service users that might be less burdensome on the service at that point in time um based on the safe staffing levels that you currently have or perhaps um you may be choosing a private resident as opposed to um, a local authority funded resident um, having good inquiry management makes a massive difference in that in the respect yeah. that you can have a what you would say in sales a pipeline yeah. um, that you can kind of project and see right this is where my admissions and my discharges are at I can better manage that it's about the value you get I mean you, you've you've got staff they they come at a cost you need those staff and i think a lot of people talk about efficiency and cost savings people think ah redundancies and i I think in the care industry that's not really what this is about it's about right i've got things that i want to do these businesses are constantly improving there's continual progression there um the only way you can do that is either to add more people so increase cost or get better value out of the people that you already have and that means valuing their time by taking out the stuff that they don't need to do find the things that can be automated that can release their time for doing something more valuable that will will help improve the business had um, a, a customer that came on board and they they they've moved their payroll um onto being to a digital system and it took them f- from three working days a month to run their payroll down to what was it four four hours mm. a month and that's just on one tiny part of digitalization. 
Ian, I suppose one interesting uh, perception might be that, I don't know, there's a, a generational difference here between who uses and adopts technology and whether that can hold things back and maybe internally trying to uh, get buy-in from it. I mean, are you noticing any different generational uh, approaches? Yeah, I think I think the question is a really fair one. I mean, it's something that, that does come up. Um, and a lot of uh, um, owners and sort of people higher up in businesses will say, yeah, but my staff won't like technology. They're technophobic. You, they don't even have a phone. I think in, in, in my most instant reaction is, yeah, but, but if you've got at least a good portion of your staff on the system, then you're still getting a good level of benefit. So you're kind of getting 95% of your staff on it. If five still want to use a paper form for a holiday, then you still got 95, you still get 95% of the time savings. So that's that. But I think in reality, that the, the technology is so easy to use now and simple systems get used. And our system is a simple system. We know that, that it's not such a big hurdle. One interesting um, sort of uh, thing I caught up with one of our customers and he said, they found that there was a, a, a bit, there is a generational shift and it was specifically with student nurses. Um, they were finding it very difficult to get the student nurses to come and join them after they'd kind of had placements and been with them. They'd kind of drift off and not stick around. But once they had our, our staff portal, which is the ability to pick up shifts via your phone, um, the student nurses would loved it and they stuck around because they, they could volunteer for a specific purpose, like they want to go to Glastonbury or something like that. So they'd really sort of spam it saying, yeah, yeah, I'll take as many shifts as I can up until a certain point or up until my exams or something. And then you just had all these tons of willing to volunteers. But they never did it when they asked to, had to ask the person face-to-face. -face. And that, I think that's a big generational shift. Older people will just ring you up. Younger people will panic if their phone rang. They'd much rather communicate via, a, 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 you know, electronically. And, and the system lets them do that. So I think we're moving that direction. Fiona, some people uh, might worry that it's you know, difficult to use, you know, complicated, that you can't integrate it into maybe existing technology you might be might have how would you uh, reassure care homes about that i think you know uh, the the technology that's out there now i can i can only really speak about core care it, it it is on the whole very easy to use and core care in particular has been designed to be exceptionally user friendly um you know and it is specifically designed for care homes with an understanding of how care homes operate so we know how users are going to interact with it and we can make it as intuitive as possible but for, for the likes of Cool Care, we have full training that goes around that to give people confidence with using the system. We'll work on implementation plans, helping them to understand what their goals are in, in using the system so they can roll it out quickly and efficiently. And then our ongoing support around it. And I think that's really key for anybody looking for a new system is making sure, A, that the software itself is easy to use. Does the, does the interface and what you see on the screen look like somebody in your your organization is going to be able to just work out what they need to do from it and then is the support that goes alongside it so when you have got a quick question is it there is it good is it going to be helpful or is it something you have to wait a long time for and to your point around integrations yes you know our, our system again i can only speak about cool care but where we've got integrations they're just turned on in the background that that is the simple bit i think perceptionally where people can start to trip themselves up is overthinking it all and actually not trusting that right if I work out what process I want to to change I've got the right software I now need to just start taking those steps rolling it out making sure it's used 
those benefits will will flow through and your your team will start adopting it and i think the um yeah you don't always have to do it all at once yeah so cool care is quite a broad system it covers um all the way from recruitment workforce management inquiry management invoicing you don't have to do all all simultaneously now in theory that could actually be different departments you could do it but for ease why don't start with a big benefit number one first you know what's Mm. my biggest problem rotors and rosters and letting staff see what's coming up and pick up shifts and that'll solve a really big problem really quickly do that first and then we'll sort everything else out afterwards so it doesn't always have to be kind of a rigid plan and a structure like that it can be well what do you want to do what's going to give you the biggest benefit and do it in your own time there's we're not there's no race here Mm. um and different organizations roll out at different paces um and and that works just fine for for us and it works fine for for the customer I think that's it's an important point. Don't, don't let something that is a nice to do, something that you would like to improve uh, in the future, become a blocker for something that you really need to improve today. Uh, and that's a bit of advice that was given to me by our chairman, um, Lawrence Tomlinson, very, very successful entrepreneur, a really simple piece of advice. He said to me, do something today that's going to make a difference. Don't wait for that big idea. And I, I keep that with me. And I think that's a, a helpful piece of advice for, for anybody. Actually, why are you waiting or pulling something back because of something that may happen in the future? If you can see something that's going to have a benefit today, to Ian's point, do you know what? My biggest goal at the moment is to make my invoicing easier. Roll out your invoicing. Yeah, absolutely. In the current climate, everybody wants to save time and money. Uh, so thank you very much, Ian Corrigan and Fiona Hale from uh, Cool Care. Thank you for joining us. <laughs>